0: Win, and they're in. That's all the Indianapolis Colts need to do on Saturday night against the Houston Texans to make it into the playoffs. So what must the Colts do to get the victory against their division rivals? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast presented by FanNation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, I'm very excited for this game. We were talking about it before we went live here. There's just a different energy around this game by far, the most important game of the Indianapolis Colts season is ahead of us. The energy inside Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday night is electric, and boy, I cannot wait to talk about this game. How are you doing, brother?
1: Doing great, and like you said, I think that we've you know seen it on social media. We've seen it just through articles, through the articles we've been writing. I mean, hell, I just did a, a five keys to the game, and the whole time I was just like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this game. So, uh, man, the stakes have not been higher and also they're they're just as high for the Colts as they are for the Texans because if the Texans somehow pull this off they're also in the playoffs. So I mean the, the everything is just lined up perfectly. They had to bump it to primetime it had to be bumped to Saturday and uh, man I can't wait to discuss this game and it's in the AFC South so another divisional battle.
0: And honestly if the Jaguars lose on Sunday whoever wins this game also wins the AFC South crown. So the the AFC the, the division itself Still has not been decided So there is a lot riding on this game Not only for playoff positioning To get into the playoffs But also for the division crown And potentially to host a playoff game uh, In the wild card round So as we get people coming in here Please don't forget to go follow us On all of our socials Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook Follow at Colts on FN on X And subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday Night, still less than 100 subscribers away from 2,000. Our goal is by the end of the season. Can we get there? In these next few days, can we get that those, those subscriber numbers up? If you haven't done so, please subscribe. Go tell your friends to subscribe as well. Uh, it really does mean a lot to Drake and I. And, and then if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you, We've got our loyal friend Steve here in the chat. What's up to you, brother? Hope you're enjoying your week and getting set for a, a very, a very fun Colts game this weekend. We have Richie in the chat saying, I want the Colts to win bad, but I'm not sure how I feel about this <laughs> you're game. You're not alone. Not we, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not alone, Richie, but we're going to get you all set tonight. We're going to talk about this Colts Texans matchup and, and what is all what the Colts need to do in order to come out on top. Stats, Matt, getting us off to a hot start with her first super chat of the evening. Stats, Matt, thank you so much, brother, for all of your support. He said, let's get a win. Hell, let's win the division. And I think a lot of Colts fans and this Colts organization feel the same way, Matt. So, Drake, let's dive right into it, buddy. The Texans at the Colts Saturday night, prime time. The Colts, one-point underdogs to the Houston Texans. Earlier in the day, it was one-and-a-half-point dogs. So, the, the bettors are starting to put a little bit more money on the Colts, but most of the money, most of the bets, and according to Vegas, are, are leaning Houston in this matchup. So I don't know, Drake. I've just got a very strange confidence about this game, and we'll dive into it here. But, but what are your overall thoughts heading into this matchup uh, between CJ Stroud-led Texans and the Gardner Minshew-led Colts?
1: Uh just I mean there's so much that can be said, but I, I guess to make it real brief, it is not going to be the same Texans team you saw in week two. All right. This is a team that's a lot different. CJ Stroud has a lot more under his belt. Last time he played the Colts, they that was then 0-2. He hadn't even won a single game yet. First first game he had to play, poor the poor guy had to play against the freaking Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so Um, this is a totally different C.J. Stroud. I also think it's a totally different Colts team. Okay, now while they don't have Anthony Richardson, I know he went out there and started dicing up Houston, um, and then Gus Bradley kind of played his typical, you know, layback defense, and C.J. Stroud had a lot of underneath throws. I think you're going to see a little more aggression. I think you're going to see a little bit more press coverage. They don't have Tank Dell. All right, so now you're leaning on Nico Collins pretty much only. They also don't have Noah Brown. Okay. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be thin. So look for, look for Nico Collins to be targeted a lot. Look for Dalton Schultz to be targeted a lot. Um, But at the end of the day, I, I I just think it's going to be who wins in the trenches. I really do. I think that um, because of those lack of weapons and tank Dell had a fantastic start to the season before he went down with uh, that. I think he, um, I think he, it was his fibula. I believe he did something to his fibula where he was on injured reserve. So It's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis on running the ball for the Texans, whereas with the Colts, they're going to have to get pressure on Stroud. They cannot do to Stroud what they did to O'Connell or else this kid is going to he's going to piece him up. So um, there's a lot on the line. But man, I really do think it's going to be one in the trenches and the Colts have got to establish a tone in the trenches and they really should do it defensively. Um, so I think that offensively they're going to be fine. They're fully healthy on the offensive line for the most part, from what we've seen. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it's got, it's going to be all about that pressure. If they get pressure on Stroud, you've got a great chance to win. If you don't get pressure on CJ Stroud, he has proven time and time again in his rookie season that he can make those throws, and he's going to do it. And he's going to make them very precise if he has time.
0: Shout out to Truitt for a super sticker on the evening. Thank you so much, buddy, for all of your support. Truitt says. Pit Pay and the DBs; those are his keys to victory for the Love Colts it. this evening. All three of those guys, all three of those groups, those two uh, stars for the Colts, and then the defensive back group going to be very crucial uh, for this matchup. truett thank you so much for all of your support, buddy. Really, really do appreciate it. But, but yeah, Drake, you mentioned it. The number one key for this Colts team is slowing down CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, the rookie out of Ohio State, who's been uh, playing phenomenal football this oh, yeah. season. The op- going to be the offensive rookie of the year, and and has made the difference for this Houston Texans team, uh, and gotten and been one of the major reasons why they're in this position. And to to, to slow him down, you got to get pressure on C.J. Stroud. The Colts with that front four, uh, I need to need to see that. You need to see the consistent pressure on Stroud, not only from the ends in Samson, Ebucom and and Quitty Pay. Both of those guys, if they have a big game, could go to the double-digit sack mark by the end of this game, but you also need those guys in the middle. DeForest Buckner, who was a Pro Bowl snub, by the way, in my opinion. Buckner should have been uh, uh, in there, but Buckner's going to be crucial. Grover Stewart, Dio Odangbo. You're going to really need this entire unit coming after C.J. Stroud and being effective uh, against this Houston Texans offensive line. There, That's that's going to be the key to, to not allowing C.J. Stroud to get comfortable back there and able to dice up this the secondary for the indianapolis colts want to give a shout out to cynthia for the super sticker as well thank you so much for all of your support uh really do appreciate it and thank you so much for that super sticker this evening but but yeah drake i i think it's going to be on on this pass rush, you know? Uh, and then we've also got another super sticker from carriage house this evening <laughs> carriage house. Thank you so much for your super sticker. Uh, really means a lot. All, all of you guys with your, uh, support Drake and I, I can't, can't thank I'm going to be really out of a drink by enough. the end of this episode. You've given a super chat every, dang. every, every time, every time you get a suit, we get a super chat or a super sticker. Tra- Drake has to drink. So let's try to get Drake hammered by the end of this episode. Uh, <laughs> But but looking at looking at the the Texans uh, on the offensive line, Laramie Tunsil, their their Pro Bowl left tackle is is questionable. I would be shocked if Laramie Tunsil does not suit up and play. He's going to be over on that left side primarily going up against Samson Ebukam, and then the first matchup that uh, that was in week two, Quitty Pay got a sack of C.J. Stroud. The E.J. Speed got back there for a sack as well but getting pressure and making sure CJ Stroud does not get comfortable is going to be paramount as well. Drake, before I let you answer, we have another super chat as well from the CFO. Patrick says, never will be outdone. Also, this counts as three, the $10 super chat from Patrick. This is why he's the CFO of Horseshoe Huddles. Thank you so much for all of your support. Really means a lot to us, Patrick, as always. And, 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 but, Drake, how do you think this pass rush is going to go? Obviously, Titus, uh, the, the right tackle, was out in, in in week two as well. So the Texas offensive line is a little bit – is is much healthier. Do you think the Colts are going to have the same success being able to get after C.J. Stroud?
1: I it's, it's hard to say, but I do think they have – I guess I'll put it this way. They have a really good chance to because this is a team that's tied for the sixth most sacks allowed this season. All right, now – CJ Stroud, while he's not the most mobile guy, I still think he's more mobile than Case Keenum. I still think he's more mobile than Davis Mills. Both those guys have played this year. But yeah, I think you do have a good chance. And I think that um, this is a a different defense. Both these teams are completely different. But I think that since that second game, the Colts have really turned it up a notch at times with the sacks, with the pressures. And, And I think that Guys like Samson Ebicom are going to get their typical pressures because they always do. Guys like DeForest Buckner will, too. But look for guys like, um, I would say, guys like Taquan Lewis. Look for guys like Dio Dangbo. Look for guys that are the defensive end kind of rotational pieces. Those are going to be the ones that are going to probably slip through. I mean, we saw Dio against the Patriots have three sacks in a single game. So any one of these guys can turn it up. And the Colts still are the only team in the NFL with four guys with seven or more sacks. So, I mean, you're going up against a team that, yeah, they came off of just two sacks of aiden o'connell but man this is just different okay and and dare i say it the the raiders actually have protected better than the texans have so i mean you're also talking about the texans do not have a very intimidating ground game i know devin singletary has had a better season um than 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 damian pierce but damian pierce is still averaging under three yards of carry and you know he was a rookie of the year candidate last year so you've got a really good opportunity they also don't have tank dell and I, I think that that's a bigger knock than people realize. I mean, Tank Dell, I've said, I said said in the last episode, he is to C.J. Stroud what Josh Downs is to the Colts quarterback situation, okay? He is the quick win guy. He's a guy that is deceivingly strong for his size, and he's got big hands for such a short dude. And without that guy on the field and Noah Brown, who can be a guy that can take the top off of a defense – it's going to be different this time. Now, I don't, like you said, Laramie Tunsil is one of the, if not on any given Sunday, could be the best left tackle in football. Okay. He's fantastic, three time Pro Bowler, but he's been dealing with a groin injury. Who's to say he's in there at 100%? I bet you he's not. So it's, it's, let's just say this. They've got a good chance, and I firmly believe and I'm confident they're going to have more than two sacks. I'm not saying six or seven or some astronomical number because I do think D'Amico Ryans is a smart coach. But man, I do think they're going to have more than two. I'd say maybe three or four.
0: I've got the numbers right in front of me here. Drake, the Colts fifth in the league in sacks this year with 49. The Texans tied for eighth for most sacks allowed okay. uh, with 45. So, so it, it, the the Colts are going to have opportunities to get after C.J. Stroud. They just have to make sure they execute and bring him down when those opportunities do arise. Uh, since uh, Cynthia uh, gave us a, a super sticker, she also commented. Wanted to shout that out, uh, and it's Cindy. Watch you guys all the time. First time live. We have to be on it. Go Colts. So, Cindy, thank you so much for your support. Glad that you're able to catch us oh, live for right. the first time and able to join us here in the chat. So, so Drake, let's move from C.J. Stroud to running the ball for the Houston Texans. Damian Pierce, coming into this year, was thought to be the main guy, was, was thought to be a, a weapon for this Texans offense really hasn't been he's had a down year instead it's been Devin Singletary who has taken over and been that lead back in the Texans backfield and 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 performed pretty well so what about this Texans running game Uh, I think they're 22nd in the NFL as in terms of rushing yards per game Uh, so what do you think about this this Texans running game and and do you think the Colts who were while they they were able to contain the Raiders last week do you think they're going to be able to do the same against De- devin singletary and this rushing offense for the texans
1: i it's it's going to be it's going to be paramount for them to stop the ground game i think that i'm i'm just not intimidated by the houston texans running attack okay like i mean don't get me wrong devin singletary has been absolutely more impressive than anybody thought he, would be. he was going to be in Houston. I think he's having a career season. I mean, and he's coming from a passing offense in Buffalo to being this guy that's got to take all these carries and he's almost got a thousand rushing yards on the season. So this is not a slouch. He's the kind of guy that if you give him just a little bit of a crease, he is gone. All right. He's like five foot seven. He's just a little guy that can absolutely burn you with his speed. So um, I think that he's going to be more of the every down back. I think you're going to have Damian Pierce is probably more of the short yardage back uh, because he's a bowling ball and, and he doesn't change direction as quickly. But again, I do think that they have a, I think they've got a good chance to contain this ground game. Now, the one downside is the Colts. People don't talk about this enough. They have not been that great against the ground either so they've got all these stalwarts up front and then the defensive trenches that can get after the pass or can get after the passers but man they really haven't done the best against the ground attack now what gives me a lot of confidence is that they just shut down the raiders who absolutely bludgeoned the chiefs so i think that there i think that there's going to be a game plan to put it all on cj stroud's shoulders i really do because he's he's got limited weapons this time so I think the guy to watch, though, is Devin Singletary. That's a guy that, again, if you give him a crease, he's gone.
0: Devin Singletary is only 35 yards away uh, from a single uh, a season career high for himself. Although he only has three touchdowns on the season, but but kind of watching some of Houston's tape and 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 stats, Matt takes the words right out of my mouth once again. Nobody sees the Houston running game as dominant outside the tackles, which means they will need to run into the strength of the run defense of the Colts. So that's where it's going to be. Uh, they they really haven't been able to run outside very often. Where they have been able to make some hay is in between those tackles, as Stats Matt says. Who's in between those tackles? DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Zaire Franklin, three of the best run defenders for the Indianapolis Colts. So they're really going to have to earn their money against those. You know, Grover Stewart would not surprise me if we see Grover Stewart play the most amount of snaps we have seen. All season long from number 90 to help to help kind of contain that make the Texans go one dimension one dimensional, put it in CJ Stroud's hands. CJ Stroud is a hell of a quarterback, but at the same time. It makes things easier for the defense if you know that the that the offense is only going to be able to produce or threaten you one way, and through and that would be through the air uh, in the Texans' case. So I think it's going to be crucial for this Colts defense to not allow the running game to get going, not allow Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce, those 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 guys get running or or lose contain because C.J. Stroud, while he doesn't run often, he he still can run, so can pick up some yardage with his legs. So you want Want to make sure that's shut down. Force them into obvious passing down situations. Don't allow the running game to, to to get the Texans ahead of the ahead of the sticks. Force them into third and eight, third and nine, third and long situations. That makes it tough on C.J. Stroud and this passing offense. Because yes, C.J. Stroud is there. Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz are still there, but the Texans are going to be without. They're two. They're uh, two out of their three best. Uh, uh, receivers. And if you include Tank Dell, who's now on IR, that's three out of the four. So uh looking at the, the Texas injury report, uh Noah Brown is out with a back injury and Robert Woods did not practice all week with a hip injury. He is questionable. So I guess technically Robert Woods hasn't been uh, completely ruled out, but when when the texans are without Noah Brown and and Tank Dell that's already two of their top 3 receivers you add Robert Woods if he is out of this mix and it really limits what the texans can do on offense which will be a good thing for for the secondary of 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 the Indianapolis Colts so so Drake talking about that secondary You got Juju Brents, Jalen Jones, who I think both of those guys performed pretty well last week against Devontae Adams. Kenny Moore uh, practiced this week and looks to be on his way back. What do you think about this secondary going up against Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, and the rest of the pass catchers for the Houston Texans?
1: I, I think that it's a good matchup. I think that they had Devontae Adams last time, who absolutely single handedly destroyed the Colts. They also didn't have Kenny Moore. Uh, so I, I think that, look, you can't underestimate the Houston Texans at all. All right. Nico Collins has gone out there. He's got 71 catches for 1,102 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. He averages almost 16 yards per catch. He's six foot four. He's 215. He is. Really, really difficult to handle. Okay, And if you let him cut loose, you let him start getting catches and and big plays, it opens up a lot more and it opens up that ground game for the Texans. So I do think, though, that the Colts have got, unfortunately for Houston, there's been so many injuries at the worst possible positions at the worst possible time with a rookie quarterback all right and so for houston you're putting a lot of pressure on cj stroud he's got to go out there in a very hostile environment where there will not be many texans fans because they just don't travel it's going to be difficult all right and i think that when you get kenny moore back that just changes everything because nico collins is probably going to be seeing a lot of your Jalen jones he's probably going to be seeing a lot of your juju brents and honestly Juju Brents and Jalen Jones, I think that they match up well with Nico Collins because they are almost the same exact style that he plays wide receiver at defensive back. They're very physical. They're going to meet him at the line of scrimmage and they're going to make him get by them. They're going to try to be a wall. They're going to try to force Stroud to go somewhere else. So, I think honestly, one of the biggest the one of the biggest uh, weapons for the Texans that might not be getting enough uh, exposure here is Dalton Schultz. I mean, he's he's actually second on the team in catches this season with 54. He's got five touchdowns. He averages 11 yards a catch. He's a guy that is really, really good at route running. He's good at just stretching the middle of the field, and if linebackers are not ready for him, he could have a big day. I think he's had a game where he's got almost you know 10 catches or even 10 catches, so uh, you can't let him open up the offense because I think if Dalton Schultz starts catching a lot of passes over the middle and stuff – I think that's just going to open up things for a guy like Nico Collins. So, at the end of the day, though, I do trust these these defensive backs in this matchup. I just think that C.J. Stroud is going to be very limited with his weapons, and he's going to have to do some really wondrous things. And I know everyone's said what they've said about Gus Bradley, but I still do trust him against a rookie quarterback. I trust him against an an experienced quarterback, and as long as he doesn't do what he did in the first matchup, which is in the second half, just say, you know what? We'll give you five yards with each completion, C.J. I think if he gets his – a little bit more aggressive with his coverage. He might force CJ into an interception or two. And I do say that because I know CJ has been great, but he is still a rookie quarterback.
0: We got another super chat here, Drake. It's from the goat himself, Logan Schmidt. He said, "Sure, I'm late. Let's freaking go, boys." Logan, really appreciate all of your support, buddy. Uh, Hope hope you and Drake had a great time last weekend uh, at the uh, after the game. uh, Drake said he he was able to meet up with you. So and I know Logan's gonna be back in town this weekend uh, uh, on Saturday night, watching the Colts take on the Houston Texans. So Logan, thank you so much, buddy, for all of your support. it uh but yeah drake i think i think something that that you said that's that that i think is going to be crucial is just making sure dalton schultz doesn't doesn't get free you know because like i was talking about earlier the colts need to get the texans in third and eight third and nine situations make cj stroud get those get those long first downs but you know what could very easily happen is he could hit Dalton Schultz for, for twelve yards on those put all those uh, uh, third downs and just consistently move the chains and and when you do that over and over again. It, it takes the wind out of this Colts defense. So a big matchup will be the linebackers and safeties that will be likely matched up on Dalton Schultz. I'm talking about EJ speed. Mostly EJ speed is the main cover cover linebacker for the Colts. He'll be the one that's usually on Dalton Schultz. Uh, and then Nick cross, Nick cross is a lot of times will be inside the box. Nick cross will be the one in there going up against Dalton Schultz. If he's matched up with the safety, if Schultz is in the slot, it'll be Kenny Moore a lot of times. So that's going to be crucial. Uh, it's going to be making sure that that while there's attention on Nico Collins, and deservedly so. You you talked about Juju Brents, Jalen Jones, whoever is is matched up on him being physical with Nico Collins. I think that certainly helps. But when you're talking about those guys over the middle, you don't have Tank Dell. You don't have Noah Brown. So the the number one option over the middle is going to be Dalton Schultz. So that puts the onus on EJ Speed, on Nick Cross, on those guys to make sure that Dalton Schultz doesn't find those, those weak spots in the zone and if he does set down in the zone be ready to break on that and and disrupt that so it can't just be an easy 12 yard completion where the Texans can continually move the ball down the field and allow CJ Stroud to get into a rhythm where eventually he does beat you over the top with a long ball to Nico Collins shout out to my beautiful wife Danielle for her super sticker thank you so much uh for that as always appreciate all of your support so so it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how Gus Bradley uh, puts together a game plan to attack C.J. Stroud and this Houston offense because it's a completely different unit than, than what the Colts saw in week two. And to start out the game before the Colts kind of started going conservative uh, against Stroud and the Texans, they, they were able to lock things down. But like I just said, completely different offense. This offense is a lot better than they were in week two. And it's going to take a much better performance out of the Colts defense to slow them down.
1: Yeah, and basically since then, I mean, you're you're talking about C.J. Stroud at this point. He's got almost 4,000 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, only five interceptions thrown. He has taken 36 sacks, but then you're talking about Dalton Schultz. He has been inconsistent this season, but I mean, he's got games with seven catches, game with 10 catches for 130 yards. He's got a game with eight catches. So this is a guy that if you let him start to stretch that middle of the field and guys like E.J. Speed cannot keep up with him. That is a dark horse candidate for a guy, if for, for any Colts fans listening here, that's somebody to watch is Dalton Schultz, because I think he's going to be a catalyst for trying to get this pass game going. So him and Nico Collins, though, man, they're, they're definitely going to be the biggest targets to watch for. And again, this is not the same C.J. Stroud you faced earlier in the year. He's much more composed this time. He's more experienced, and he's probably going to win rookie of the year. So you got to take all that into consideration. You cannot take it easy.
0: Let's switch gears a little bit here, Drake, and let's uh, talk about the offensive side of the ball uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. And and to me, if the Colts are going to win this game, the offense has to go through their two main guys, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. Both of these guys seem like they always have big games against the Houston Texans. Jonathan Taylor in particular, I think outside of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Houston Texans are the team that Jonathan Taylor has actually averaged the most yards against in his career. So it just seems like whenever Taylor is out there against the Texans, it's a completely different animal uh, that JT is. So so what do you think the focus is going to be for this Colts offense on Saturday? Because I think it's going to be, you know, you got to go to your main stars. And, and the reason they are the stars is because they've got you this far. Don't change anything. I think it's going to be a heavy dose, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, and I I'm right there with you. I also think that Zach Moss trending toward the right direction. That adds a different element um, because now you can have an opportunity to play Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor is your bell cow. Zach Moss now can get some carries, and Trey Sermon's probably going to be that third piece. Maybe him and Tyler Goodson kind of rotate in. So now you get different looks. And if I'm not mistaken, Zach Moss wasn't that the game where he finally got? It? Didn't he get? Uh, didn't he debut in that game? Correct. Or am I- yeah. And so like he's played this team before and he actually had a pretty decent game in that one. So it's just it's it's got to start and end with the ground attack. Now, a big name to look for. First off, I, I think he's I don't think he's on the Texans injury report, but Malik Collins. He is a fantastic interior run defender. But Sheldon Rankins, that's the guy to look for. OK, if he doesn't play. That is a big gaping hole in that interior. And I'm sorry, but their depth is not going to replace Sheldon Rankins, All right? This is a guy who has played fantastic interior defense uh, throughout his career. So I think that you're going to see a game again. Jonathan Taylor's probably going to get 20 plus carries. I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Moss kind of maybe is close to 10 carries. There was one game, I think it was the Browns, where you had each guy get 18 carries. You might see something like that and just continuously keep D'Amico Ryan's defense just trying to figure out where are they going this time? Because Shane Steichen is kind of like Greg Roman used to be with the Ravens. He's a wizard with the run game. I mean, he figures it out, and he doesn't have Lamar Jackson or Anthony Richardson right now. He still figures it out. So there's going to be a lot of diverse running attacks, and it's going to set up everything else. And I think that, like we said, even though they've got you know, young defenders like Jalen Petrie and um, uh, Derek Stingley Jr., who they're both playing great football. Stingley's got five picks on the season. Uh, they're still not that great against the pass, weirdly. Uh, so they've gotten turnovers, but they they can't limit the yardage. So I think that I think Pittman's on track to definitely get more than four catches or five catches or however many he had in in the game against the Raiders in 46 yards or so. So look for Michael Pittman to definitely get back to his ways of catching like six, seven, eight balls because it's going to take a lot of Pittman and a lot of Jonathan Taylor to get rid of D'Amico Ryan's defense because there's a reason he was so good at defensive coordination for the 49ers and there's a reason that he got that head coaching gig
0: the Houston Texans are fourth in the NFL against the run only averaging about 88 and a half yards allowed per contest. But you talked about Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins. Both of those guys are questionable uh, for Sunday. I would expect both of those guys to play. They didn't yeah. practice all week. were are limited participants today, but in a game of this magnitude, anybody that, that basically doesn't have a uh, uh, extremities falling off of them is going to be out there and, and playing on Saturday night. I want to give a, a shout out to carriage house here uh, for a $3 super chat. Thank you so much for all of your support. And thank you once again for another uh, donation this evening carriage house ask is Gardner Minshew indeed a little ash boy. So if you hadn't seen it, uh, it seemed like every time Max Crosby would hit Gardner Minshew last week, he called him a little ass boy. Uh, uh, And, and Minshew didn't know why he was so angry. Uh, So I I think, I think that was pretty funny, but Hey, I think Gardner Minshew has shown that uh, he can go up against uh, pretty much anybody, especially at the backup quarterback position, but he isn't afraid of, of, of continuing to sling the football and getting back up after that pressure. So uh, care, thank you so much for your support, buddy. Really, really do appreciate it. But, but yeah, Drake, I think it's going to be a battle up there. Yes. The Texans are only allowing 88 yards per contest but again this is a different uh, uh this is a different game a, a different a heightened uh uh there's just a heightened sense about this game heightened sense of, of preparation stike had even talked about it today you know there was a different they there was a really good week of practice it was a different feel Around the Colts locker room this week, guys were were locked in as usual, but it just seemed you you could tell the guys know the magnitude of this game and and are ready to play. They're ready to go out there and and give it all they got for a chance at the postseason. So would uh, yes, Zach Moss coming back definitely helps. Would certainly allow Jonathan Taylor to stay a little bit fresher throughout the game. Of course. But man, I think Jonathan Taylor is is po- is poised for a big game. I mean, you're you're paid as one of the Top running backs in the NFL for a reason. I understand that the Texans are tough against the run, but go out there and show why you are should be considered as one of the one of the greatest running backs in the game. And then, as far as Michael Pittman Jr. goes, Drake, yeah, he only had we we talked about this on Monday. He only had five catches for forty six yards, but he was doing all the other things right, even though he wasn't yeah. being fed the ball a lot. I fully expect a different game plan. I mean, I'm sure Derek Stingley Jr. is going to be on him, who's finally having a really good season. But again, this this passing offense goes through Michael Pittman Jr. So I would expect another 8 to 10 catches out of Michael Pittman. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets 90 to 100 yards out of this. Uh, I think when when it's, it's time to, when you're in a game of this magnitude, and, and it's winning in, you rely on your star players. And that's Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. on the offensive side of the ball. It would not surprise me if both of these guys have huge games on Saturday night. And the guy that will be handing the ball off and throwing the ball to them, Gardner Minshew. You know, Gardner Minshew had a a pretty decent game uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. He's he's been kind of up and down over these past couple, uh, uh, those past month, I should say. You talk about against the Cincinnati Bengals, not a good game for Minshew. Then the week after, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, really good game by Gardner Minshew. The week after, against the Atlanta Falcons, not so good. Then last week against the Raiders, pretty good game from Gardner Minshew. So hopefully the trend doesn't continue and, and he has a poor game against this Houston Texans squad uh, and, and he's playing well. But what do you think, Drake? Are we going to see Minshew magic once again to get the Colts in the playoffs?
1: I I he had So in the first contest, he was 19 for 23 for 171 yards and a touchdown pass. Now, that was also the first time he really was thrown into a starting role in, in the entire season. So, I I think that it's a lot different now. And in that game, you had Zach Moss only, and he went for almost 90 rushing yards on 18 carries. He had 88 rushing yards. All right. Now you have Jonathan Taylor to deal with. It's not Zach Moss anymore. This is Taylor will make you pay far more than Zach Moss will if you miss tackles. I'm not saying Moss can't make it happen, but he is not Jonathan Taylor. And when you put them both in the same offense together and in the same backfield, it's, it's really, really, really difficult to handle if you let any one of them start to break loose because then you have to account for the other skill sets. And so that game they had Sheldon Rankins, that game they had Malik Collins. All right. God forbid if they don't have those interior guys, Quentin Nelson and Will Fries are built for the ground game. OK, they are built for it period. So you're going to see a lot of, a lot of runs regardless, but especially if those two can't go, I wouldn't be surprised if Shane Steichen almost takes a Pittsburgh Steelers approach like he did uh, when they beat them and he just peppers them with runs over and over and over until they can't take it anymore and and make them make them blitz and then you you might see guys like Alec Pierce and guys like Will Mallory who have all of a sudden proven that they are big play tight ends, you know, and, and reliable and can catch the ball. So uh, there's a lot of ways to attack this Texans defense right now. There just is. And I know that they've had moments where they've looked fantastic, but again, I know they've been one of the top ground defenses, but you were able to put it on them without your star. All right. Once before in Houston, now everything's on the line. Steichen's had all this time to prepare. He's played them once. Now he's had a time to prepare for them a second time. I just think that you're going to see a big, big game from both Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. But man, I think it's going to be potentially a huge game from Jonathan Taylor, especially if those aforementioned two defensive tackles can't go.
0: And I don't I don't think she needs to be uh, a, a world beater in this game, you know, just take care of the football. But I do think that the Colts are going to use the past game again, kind of what they used, how they used it last week against the Raiders, you know, throw to score points. Run to win. I don't think they're going to change up their philosophy on that. Shane Steichen isn't going to be afraid to let Minshew sling it around there. Uh, the the Texans are 26th in the league against the pass, so they're going to have opportunities to convert. the The biggest thing for Minshew is 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 just to not 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 get flustered when there's pressure in his face. and And I think this is where maybe the most crucial point. Most The biggest emphasis for this Colts offense this week against the Texans, it's got to be on the offensive line. It's got to be protecting up front in the pass game and imposing your will in the running game. Sure, the Indianapolis Colts, they have three of their five offensive linemen marked as questionable heading into this game. Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly. Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith – I, I, I fully I have full confidence that they'll be out there. The one to watch is Ryan Kelly, just because he didn't practice until today was a limited participant had his foot in a boot. But again, the magnitude of this game, I think Ryan Kelly is going to do everything he can to be out there and playing for this Colts team. But that's where it starts, and that's where it ends with this Colts offense. Yes, we can talk about Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. You have to have the offense go through those guys. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line has to perform at a high level. Otherwise, the Colts don't have a shot in this one. They have to be able to protect up front, uh, have another – have. Uh, more huge games from Bernard Ryman and Braden Smith like they did a week ago against the Raiders. And then the interior of that line with your pro bowler and Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Will Fries imposing their will dominating and moving the line of scrimmage uh, up front so jonathan taylor and zach moss can continue moving the chains and you open up those holes so that way jonathan taylor with his game breaking speed will have opportunities to 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 really bust this game open but but drake i i talked about it at the beginning for the defensive side of the ball it's got to be on the d line to to lead this charge offensive side of the ball same thing. It's going to be on the offensive line to lead this charge and 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 go out there and prove that they are all the way back by pushing this team into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and look, uh, uh, there's there's going to be multi there's going to be multiple players on the Texans that if for some reason those guys we talked about can't go, they're going to be looking at at, at shows like this. All right, and they are going to be ready to prove everything wrong. All right. And they've got guys that you don't talk about. I I know one linebacker, Blake Cashman, he's played phenomenal this year. All right. He's been all over the field for D'Amico Ryans and in some ways, plays like D'Amico did it, obviously, maybe not on the same legendary level. But um, I mean, this is this is a Texans team that they are going to fight. They believe in D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans believes in them. And we haven't even talked about this, but you are literally potentially watching the coach of the year battle as well. Like if one of these guys comes out of of this and. God forbid if one takes the AFC South title, you might have coach of the year honors right here. I know Kevin Stefanski's name has been up there, but he's been in the league for years, okay? These two have not done it till this year and both their teams were complete crap last year, all right? They were battling for for the toilet bowl basically in in week 18. So, uh, this is a team that's not going to go away. I don't care who's there. I don't care who's who's not. That defense is going to play strong. So absolutely, if you're the Colts offensive line, whether it's Wesley French, who has filled in admirably, or it's Ryan Kelly, they are going to be playing top-notch. And Shane Steichen, Tony Sperano Jr. are going to have that protection on point because the last thing you want to happen are two things. You, You don't want your ground game to get stuffed okay, and throw it all on Minshew. It's no offense to Gardner Minshew, but if you take away the ground game and you force him to do everything, it could be the Browns defense, or it could be the freaking Texans pass defense. It's going to be really hard. All right, he's a backup quarterback and he's not very mobile. And he does feel pressure when it's not there. So the other thing is exactly that is don't let pressure get to him too much because I think that he does start to to get rid of that ball a little too quick. He doesn't he doesn't breathe and go through his reads and throw comfortably. So those are two things that are that are going to be crucial and unfor- and unfortunately for the offensive line, but also fortunately for them because they get paid to do it. It's on them to make both those things happen for the Colts, and I think it's going to make or break this game.
0: Richard Horton thank you so much for the five dollar super chat really appreciate your support and and Richard's comment here says I want to see JT and Moss split back with Pittman Downs and Pierce on some place a DC's nightmare we really haven't seen a lot of the split back with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss primarily because a lot of the times they haven't been available at the same time this season but don't be surprised if Shane Steichen has a few things up his sleeve to use exactly for this game, uh, to 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 catch the Texans by surprise, it seems like he he's been doing that. There's a couple plays every single game that are new, uh, and that's something that Shane Steichen has has can always wanted to do with this team: is keep the opposing defenses guessing. They don't want to get predictable, and and the Colts have been very successful at that. So I don't know if it'll be that exact formation. If it is Richard, I mean, go buy a lottery ticket, uh, buddy. But <laughs> There, you're probably going to see some wrinkles from Shane Steichen in this Colts offense this weekend, and, and I'm excited to see what those are. So, Richard, again, thank you so much for, for your support and for your super chat, buddy. It really does mean a lot to us. X-Factor time, Drake. I feel like this uh, this week especially could go a lot of different ways, it, it, depending on how you look at this matchup. But what is your X-Factor for the Colts to get the victory over the Texans this weekend?
1: Oh, man. Um, You know, I, I, I'm going to say this because I really do love this player from the Texans. And I, and he, he had a fantastic game against the Colts and that that's, it's, it's, it's going to be, who's going to be on Nico Collins, who in, in the game against the Colts, I think it's, oh, it's the second best game of the year. He had seven catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. Juju Brents is going to be my X Factor because I think he's going to see a lot of Nico Collins. I think that Nico Collins doesn't get enough credit for what he's done, especially with a rookie and a new coach uh, after being with a team that for the past couple of years has been awful. And he's been on that team. Um, So. It's going to be up to Juju Brents a lot to deal with the best pass catcher on the Texans and CJ Stroud's go to guy, especially since there's no Dell on this one. So give it, give it, give me Juju Brents. And hey, he's coming off of a great game where he had three pass deflections, which I know isn't a stat we talk about a lot, but that's incredible because a lot of times he was on Devontae Adams.
0: Exactly. Chat. Want to hear who your X factors are? So make sure you throw those in there. Stats. Matt says DeForest Buckner helping to stop the run and getting pressure up the middle. And and you know what? I right. I, I think I think you guys have noticed kind of a theme of what I've been saying throughout here is is in these mag these type of games this this ty- these these games that are winning in situations games that are playoff magnitude you rely on your stars. And stats, Matt. Again, you took the words right out of my mouth, and I'm sick of it. But it's got to be DeForest Buckner, Drake, because I, I think the I think like you said, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. You can expect those guys to be out there and 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 doing their best, being the ones that lead this Colts offense. But the Colts are going to have to slow down C.J. Stroud and this Houston Texans offense, and it's got to be getting pressure right up the middle in Stroud's face. That's got to be DeForest Buckner, your best defender, DeForest Buckner, having his best game of the 2023 season, causing havoc uh, consistently inside the interior of that that Texans offensive line, getting to the quarterback, making sure that Stroud just can't sit back there and, and pick apart this defense, make him uncomfortable. It's going to take a guy that's been there before. DeForest Buckner was the leader of that 49ers defense uh, in there when they made it to the Super Bowl a few years ago and it's going to take a big performance by DeForest Buckner who because of his Pro Bowl snub just adds even extra motivation to a guy that that is not there's not even up for a debate is one of the best defensive tackles in the entire nfl carriage house says it's kenny moore and and Ooh. stats matt also adds a caveat uh nico also has t- had tank opposite him and starting cornerbacks were flowers and bakers CMDSR, my x factor is steikens big playbook gotta pull out all of his unused sandlot plays for this game. (laughs) So it's going to be fun to watch. All right, Drake, Saturday night, prime time. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. National TV on ESPN and ABC. Texans, Colts in the lad house of Lucas Oil Stadium. Who you got and who's making it to the AFC playoffs?
1: So, you know, it's going to... It's going to be a close battle. It just will. I think D'Amico Ryans is such a good coach, and Steichen's such a good coach. And keep in mind, in this first game, there were six sacks on C.J. Stroud, six sacks by six different Colts players. Not one guy had two or one and a half, six different guys got to C.J. Stroud. I think that this defensive front is going to get kind of close to that sack number. I think the Colts are going to pull this off. I think they're going to pull it off, though. It's going to be 27-27. I do think that there's going to be moments where Stroud is just going to shine, but I do put it on Matt Gay's leg. I think that he's going to get that game winner. So I think that they're going to win 30-27. to
0: Stats, Matt says Colts 24-23 oh. on a game-winning field goal inside of two minutes for Indy. And then Sean Car- Conkright says 27-24 Colts. Listen, Drake, uh, looking at this game, Nobody has really talked about the Colts and counted the Colts in all season long. Uh, you look at you look at now. They have a chance to go to the playoffs, win and they're in. Their end. And pretty much all the bets are on the Houston Texans. Almost uh, uh, all of the the analysts are picking the Houston Texans to go out there and win this game. Vegas has the Colts as one point underdogs currently to the Houston Texans. They're going to be sadly mistaken. I have a, I just have a very weird confidence about this game. And, and Shane Steichen, and just the hearing the way he talks, hearing the way those players talked, hearing the way Gardner Minshew spoke this week, this team is ready. And, and this team isn't going to allow this chance to slip away. That's all they wanted was a chance. Well, they've got it. Now it's time to go do something with it. I'm going Colts 27 and I'm going Texans 23. I think the Colts get the victory. I don't think it's going to be on a game winning field goal. I think it's going to be the defense. You know, I think Gus Bradley's unit has gotten a lot of flack this season, but I think the defense is going to make a big play, whether it's a sack of CJ Stroud on fork down by a DeForest Buckner or a Samson Ebucom, or it's a Zaire Franklin, Nick Cross, Juju Brent's interception, whatever it is, the defense is going to make a a huge play on the final drive against CJ Stroud in this Texans offense to seal it. The crowd at Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be blasting in there to make it even more difficult for this Texans offense to execute and the Colts defense is going to get it done to send Indy to the playoffs. So let's let's look at some more uh uh Predictions here. We've got Larry Brown 28 to 21. Colts, carriage house going with a tie, 14 to 14. Get that tie nonsense out of here. Uh, That would just be. Absolutely awful. I hate ties. Absolutely hate them. Uh, Indy Ray 25 Colts win 27 to 20. Jesse says 21 to 14 Colts win CMDSR 31 to 28 Colts fans. It's going to be a fun one regardless, but I, I I have some, I have confidence in this unit, in this team. And, and I think they're, they're, they're going to be able to get the job done at home. On Saturday night, so Drake, let's take a look at the injury report real quick for some of the Colts that have been dealing with some injuries this week. Uh, uh, Looking here, and and nobody has been ruled out for this game. Instead, the Colts have six guys listed as questionable. Uh, so so starting at the top, Ryan Kelly didn't practice all week until today. He's listed as questionable. Uh, Chris Lemons, uh with an ankle injury didn't practice all week. Listed as questionable. Uh, not as not as big of a deal if Kenny Moore returns. Kenny Moore is also questionable uh, uh, with a, uh, a back injury, but he practiced in full the final two week, two days this week, so it looks like Kenny Moore will return. Other offensive lineman, Quinton Nelson, uh, was limited the past two days, but I would a- assume he's suiting up uh, as well as Braden Smith, but he was limited on, when, on Tuesday full the last two days. Braden Smith will be out there as well. And then Zach Moss practicing full the past two days. He is expected to make his return, but also listed as questionable. So Drake outside of Ryan Kelly, in my opinion, I would assume all of those guys to play. Ryan Kelly is the only one that's questionable that that's the actually questionable in my opinion, but I think the Colts are pretty healthy and I would assume Ryan Kelly suits up as well.
1: When you've gone through as many injuries as the Colts have through the first 16 games of this season for them, and you are walking into Week 18 with an injury report that looks like that, boy, oh boy, I don't think you could ask for much more. I mean, that's about as good as it can get for a team that's gone through as much as the Colts have as far as injuries. So, um, I, I'm right there with you. Don't be don't don't worry about Nelson. I wouldn't worry about Braden Smith. Um, the like you said, the only one to watch is Ryan Kelly. But man, I just I just we've we've known who these guys are on the offensive line for years. They are tougher than hell, all right? They're, they're going to get out there, they're going to get the job done, and they know that this game rides on them, all right? It doesn't ride on Jonathan Taylor as much as you think. It doesn't ride on Gardner Minshew as much as you think. It starts with the offensive line, and those two that, we, that I just mentioned, their performances are going to be to a degree indicative on how well they get protection and run blocking. So I, I think that you're going to see – of a fully healthy team and for Sh- shane steichen to come out and say that nobody's been ruled out yet and you got two days until the game that's fantastic news it gives you all the hope in the world
0: exactly stats matt with another super chat tonight thank you so much buddy for all of your support uh <laughs> our, he says our weak city needs to show up so if you haven't yes. heard uh apparently there's a video that came that came out uh of of cj stroud calling indianapolis a weak city uh (laughs) so i'm sure that's going to give some extra fuel to the fire not only for this rivalry but but for this for this game coming up so stats matt thank you so much buddy for for all of your support so drake let's run through the latest colts news and rumors real quick and and it's all about the pro bowl today so colts unfortunately only one pro bowler on the 2024 AFC roster, Quentin Nelson. And this is the sixth Pro Bowl for Quentin Nelson in six seasons in his NFL career. Uh, I think the, la- the nobody in Colts history has done that. And the last guy to go to six straight uh, Pro Bowls for the Indianapolis Colts, a guy named Peyton Manning. So great accomplishment by Quentin Nelson and well-deserved because I know his pro football focused grade maybe only has him like as the 18th best guard. But when you actually turn on the film, Quentin Nelson is playing at an all pro level at that, at that left guard position. So, uh, Drake, what do you think about Quentin Nelson and and his his Pro Bowl nod?
1: I think it's well deserved. I mean, you know, uh, one of the one of the the clips that's my favorite of the entire year is is when they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think it was a I don't know if it was a, a pole block that he had where he got out in front of I I think it was Tyler Goodson, but there was literally a Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back Tyler Goodson and Nelson running full speed between the two. And all that this Pittsburgh, I can't remember which defensive back it was, but all he did was just get out of the way. All right, uh, Quentin Nelson is still one of the toughest guards. He's one of the nastiest blockers, and especially in the ground game. So I think it's well-deserved. And, hey, Big Q gets six out of six Pro Bowl nods in as many years as he's been in the NFL to be compared with a guy like Peyton Manning. That's absolutely ridiculous. So Big Q, number 56, it's well-deserved and you go and enjoy yourself for that one, my friend.
0: Nelson is absolutely devastating as a puller, and I, oh, I honestly sh- wish the Colts would, would use him more in that in that way. So uh, there were some guys on the Colts that were named as Pro Bowl alternates. Those include linebacker Zaire Franklin, defensive tackle DeForest Buckner, wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., and center Ryan Kelly. So they're not Pro Bowlers yet, but they, they have a chance to be uh, uh, if some guys that make this uh, on the Super Bowl – or the teams going to the Super Bowl uh, will opt out of the game. Other guys opt out that the Colts could uh, send those guys to the Pro Bowl as well. So, any snubs that you think Drake? I, I think we both know have have some snubs here. But but who do you think your snubs are as far as the Pro Bowl is concerned on the Colts?
1: Uh, just just to not make it cliche, I, I, I obviously Zaire Franklin. That's one just yep. because he's got he's the team he's the uh, he set the franchise record for tackles again in as many years. And he leads the NFL in tackles, and he's had numerous other plays made. So that's one. I think a guy like Kenny Moore II could have been one, and he wasn't even put in. uh, Let me see here. Yeah, he's not even one of the alternates. But the biggest one for me is Bernard Ryman. Uh, Bernard Ryman has played top-notch football. All right. He has just played lights out football. Yeah, at times he's he's been blown off of his off of his feet, but that's maybe one game. And I think it was Trey Hendrickson that really gave him and Blake Freeland a nightmare type of performance. But outside of that, man, that's the biggest one for me. Uh I, I think Bernard Ryman absolutely earned a Pro Bowl, at least an alternate nomination. So that one really puzzles me because he's at times played like the best damn lineman on the Colts.
0: And it just shows the the how the Pro Bowl has turned into a popularity contest, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, there's no excuse. Zaire Franklin and DeForest Buckner should be Pro Bowlers. You know, uh, uh, the guy that's leading the NFL in tackles doesn't go to the Pro Bowl, inexcusable. DeForest Buckner, uh, his his six straight season with seven or more sacks at the defensive tackle position, and and one of only three guys in the league to do that: Miles Garrett, Chris Jones, and DeForest Buckner. Buckner should be in the Pro Bowl. The others I can understand Ryan Kelly and Michael Pittman being being alternates, but Zaire Franklin and DeForest Buckner 100% should have made the Pro Bowl for the AFC squad and and hey as as Carriage House says here, hopefully none of the Colts will be able to play in the Pro Bowl because they're too busy getting ready for the Super Bowl. That would be that'd be the best <laughs> case scenario for Gosh. those guys. Um, and then in other news, uh obviously on Monday we talked about the Drew Ogletree situation. Uh Ogletree was released from the Hendricks County jail this week on five hundred dollars bond and will appear in court in February. Uh Ogletree still remains on the commissioner exempt so he is will not be with the team. Uh, uh, for, for a long time at the, at least. Uh, so, so, but again, we'll continue to update you on that situation as more news comes out. So Joe Drake Colts Texans going to be a huge battle in the AFC South this weekend when, and you're in for both of these teams and boy, it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere in Lucas oil stadium on Saturday night. I've just got that weird that weird feeling, that weird feeling, that weird confidence that the Colts and Shane Steichen are going to come out on top.
1: Yeah, and hey, uh, th- this is exactly what he's been playing for. This is exactly why he was hired, was for a game like this. And you know what? Give credit to Miko Ryans, too, what he's done for the Texans. I remember last year we were watching this game, uh, and it was an absolute travesty just to watch both teams out there. And obviously, it led to Anthony Richardson's drafting, but hey, what these guys have done is absolutely nothing short of miraculous, and now... It comes down to this winning, you're in and you know what it's happening at Lucas Oil Stadium. And I think the CJ Stroud should have maybe picked the Dallas Cowboys to say that it's a weak city because there's not going to be many supporters that are going to be following him to Lucas Oil Stadium from Houston.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun one, and I think it's it, the Colts fans are gonna bring it on on Saturday night. But just in case you guys needed some more some more juice, some more hype heading into this game, uh, the Colts put out a pretty fire video uh, last Thursday. Yeah. If you hadn't catched it, well, you're gonna see it now. So here was the hype video talking about the 2023 season for the Indianapolis Colts. Get ready, Colts fans!
1: Colts lose another heartbreaker. They lose another game here at Lucas Oil Stadium to wrap up the season.
0: Obviously, like the season didn't go the way we wanted it, but find the lessons in it, you know, just grow from it as a, you know, obviously as a man, as a player. The Indianapolis Colts still do not have a head coach, but things are going to be coming in a matter of days. The Colts have found their
1: man, Shane Steichen. So if you're a Colts fan, you have to be excited about him. But now you're intrigued to see who's going to join him.
0: Indianapolis Colts select
1: Anthony Richardson. Oh, just down. Yeah! we in the city, man. Yeah! I know the three wins looks bad. Big mistakes, expectations are low. And that's the fun part about this.
0: Nobody believing us right now, baby. Everybody can run us off already, baby. They're going to come talk about them. They're going to leave talking about us.
1: He's the greatest physical specimen to ever play this position. Ever. I mean, that's a fact. Ever.
0: The first career touchdown for Anthony Richardson. It's DeForest Buckner. Touchdown!
1: Touchdown for the defense. Richardson, gonna take off on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10, he's at the five, Uncut into the end zone. Touchdown! RPO backs the throw. Gonna take a shot downfield from Michael Not Pittman a- Jr. And he's got, got the ball, and his helmet came out. Kick is on its way. It's up and it is good. Jonathan Taylor and the Colts reportedly agreeing to a three-year extension. Do you have a name at the top of your head for most surprising team in the NFL this year? To me, the Colts are at the top of my list. Big run for the Colts. Touchdown, Zach Moss. And Anthony Richardson is down on the field. Anthony Richardson officially out for the remainder of his rookie season.
0: He knows Steinkin's offense very, very well. And why not Minshew Mania?
1: Josh Downs has quietly emerged as a go-to guy in Indianapolis. A pick six by Kenny Moore. Two of them today. I-N-D-Y. Welcome to Frankfurt, Germany. Josh Downs, are you kidding me? Worldwide wins, W-W-W.
0: Minshew, here's the deep shot. Looking for Pierce. He's got it. It's Michael Pittman! Touchdown, Michael Pittman! Zaire Franklin leads the NFL in attack. <gasps> Zaire Franklin, my goodness. It's a touchdown, and it's DJ Montgomery. We're not even supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here, so it's like, you know what?
1: Why not add to it? Why not, why not really kick the door in? Don't just check and see if the knobs are if you can turn it, right? Open that sucker, man. Open it and see who in there. Hey, We in here.
0: If that doesn't give you hyped and ready to run through a brick wall, Colts fans, I don't know what will. And that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, and, and just getting, getting set for this huge matchup between the Colts and the Texans. Want to give a shout out to all of our super chats and super stickers for this evening. Stats, Matt, Truitt, Cindy, Carriage House. Patrick, the CFO, the goat Logan Schmidt, my beautiful wife Danielle uh, Richard Horton, all of you guys, thank you all so much for your support and your donations and thanks to everybody else uh, who joined us this evening live in the chat and, and all of your support for Horseshoe Huddle and the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast. If you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live every monday and thursday night so you never miss an episode remember trying to get to two thousand subscribers so if you haven't done so please hit that button and if you can't catch us on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you drake i know you've been writing uh, some pieces on horseshoe huddle as always go tell the people what they can check out
1: so i did my five keys to victory uh for the colts over the texans and and i also did one on how this game could affect the coach of the year uh award winner so go check those out and uh hey Get pumped for this game. This is what they've been playing for all year long
0: fantastic pieces. Make sure you go give those a read. And and if you want to check out what Gardner Minshew had to say, I wrote a piece on that Gardner Minshew talking about what the Colts need to do in order to beat the Texans on Saturday night. And also gives a little backstory of what these coaches think of Gardner Minshew and his performance in the 2023 season. So make sure you check those out and all the rest of the great writings on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Wallster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Monday night to talk about whether the Colts have made it into the playoffs or whether their season has come to an end. But regardless, Colts fans, please bring all the energy to Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday night because I feel like it's going to be a really fun time. So until then, everybody enjoy the game, cheer on your Colts, and we'll see you back here Monday night.